0: You're listening to The Whatcom Report, a Bellingham Regional Chamber of Commerce program in partnership with
1: KGMI. Good morning and welcome to The Whatcom Report here on KGMI News Talk 790. If you're wondering why is housing so expensive, you've tuned into the right program. Today we're gonna look at how we got to where we are today in terms of housing and costs, what key events created our present housing situation, and more importantly, what can we do to address the issue? There are many factors that affect housing inventory or the lack thereof, and we'll break down each of those so we can, can uncover options for moving forward. There's a lot of information to cover, so stay tuned, we'll be right back.
2: All the news, weather, and information you need to start your day. The KGMI Morning News, each weekday from 6 to 9 a.m., Hey, neighbors. Have you picked out your heat pump yet?
1: Oh, no, not yet. We're not really in a rush.
2: That's right. We're waiting for the right time. I mean, look at this weather. It's gray skies and rain as far as the eye can see. I don't know. I wouldn't procrastinate if I were you.
1: Surely we have plenty of time. Summer is still months away. That's true.
2: But here in the Northwest, we've got a bad habit of waiting till it's hot to think about air conditioning. Next thing you know, it's 85 degrees out and Linden sheet metal is slammed with installations. Plus, since a heat pump also heats. You can stay cozy during the rainy season too. Sland, you say? We can't have that. We're calling Linden Sheet Metal today.
1: Don't procrastinate. Get a heat pump installed this spring before it gets hot and everyone else wants one too. If you buy a heat pump in March, we'll give you up to $500 off installation. Plus, there are utility rebates and tax credits where you can save hundreds more. Don't wait. Call Linden Sheet Metal today. Linden Sheet Metal, serving the Northwest for over 80 years.
3: Dedicated to service, shining a light on local individuals, law enforcement, and groups giving back to our community. The Wheelchair Warehouse, operated by the Bellingham Central Lions Club, loans mobility equipment to the public at no charge. The Wheelchair Warehouse is supported by Lions Club volunteers and your generous donations. The staff at the warehouse has a special request of anyone who has recently checked out the following items bedside commodes, shower benches, shower stools, and toilet seat risers. They ask if you've completed your of these items please return them as soon as possible the lions thank you and your fellow citizens in need of them thank you dedicated to service brought to you by neater house of luxury bellingham's newest fine jewelry store they're also a certified precious metals dealer american gold eagles gold and silver bars and a great selection of platinum on squalicum harbor 21 bellwether way suite 107 bellingham follow the bright light neater house of luxury
1: Welcome back to the Whatcom Report. My name is Mary Kay Robinson, and I'm a realtor with Windermere Real Estate here in Whatcom County and one of the hosts of the Whatcom Report. The purpose of the Whatcom Report is to connect our community to the issues that affect Whatcom County. To this end, the Bellingham Regional Chamber of Commerce presents this program on a weekly basis to talk about the subjects that affect business in our area. Your Bellingham Regional Chamber of Commerce is committed to creating a strong local economy, promoting the community, providing networking opportunities, representing the interests of business with government, and facilitating factually grounded dialogue with business. For more information about the Chamber, go to thebellingham.com or call 360 734 1330. My guest this morning is Darcy Jones, President of Jones Engineers. Darcy is a land-use planner certified by the American Institute of Certified Planners. And he received his master's degree from Western Washington University in regional planning in 1986 and is an accredited LEED nd which stands for Leadership in Energy and Environmental Design for Neighborhood Development. Darcy is also a licensed professional landscape, land surveyor, excuse me, in the state of Washington. Jones Engineers was founded in 1964 by Darcy's father, Pat Jones, and provides a complete spectrum of integrated civil engineering, structural engineering, land surveying, and land use planning services. Darcy, welcome to the show.
4: Thank you, Mary Kay. It's great to be here.
1: Well, let's dive right in. Now, one of the most common questions I get as a realtor is why is housing so expensive? And that question is followed by the statement often, well, builders just need to build more affordable homes. That's the answer. So briefly tell us about the history of planning in Whatcom County and how that began 20 years ago, like this, that where we are today didn't just happen today. The seeds were planted
4: some time ago. Sure. um Sure. You know, the history of planning in Whatcom County certainly started more than 20 years ago, but we'll pick it up in a a framework I I can uh, address here in a fairly short period of time, I think. Um, Obviously, economic cycles, the rising cost of materials, inflation, and regulatory fees, you know, they play a major role in home production and home prices. Um, Certainly, the Great Recession slowed housing production down for a few years. You know, it's really quite simply a supply chain problem, cause and effect, you know, uh, supply and demand to, to a great extent. Um, however, my perspective today is more focused on the legislative processes and decisions that were made that have guided us to the situation we find ourselves in today with regard to housing. Um, so, As you said, the availability of housing today is affected by decisions made 10 and 20 years ago, and I wanted to touch on a few of those that I I think are are really um, relevant. Um, For example, back in 2003, the City of Bellingham City Council adopted uh, population projections. They were working um, towards adopting their comprehensive plan, uh, which was ultimately adopted in 2006, and at that time, um, there were population projections done, what they call land use allocations. And at that time, the projection for the overall county uh, was set to be, I think, 231,900 people by the year 2022. That was uh, the number they'd established 20 years ago. And um, part of that city decision was to allocate 54 percent of all the new growth within the city of bellingham um the city council at the time were very aware of the the associated commitments in in terms of services public services infrastructure capital facilities um but they made that a decision that they the city needed to take a Lion's share of growth over the next twenty years. We, the city of Bellingham is the cultural and economic center of Whatcom County. Most of the employment land or job opportunities are near, in, or near the city of Bellingham. So that was a very conscious decision made at the time. Well, lo and behold, last year the the State Office of Financial Management gave us the, gave us the updates for population and census data for the year twenty twenty two. And sure enough, there are or were 231,000, I think, 600 and so people, which was amazingly close to what the projection actually was back in 2003, which the city council relied upon in, in adopting their comp plan in 2006. And this, again, in 2000, that whole process leading to their decision in 2006 was a result of really robust community involvement. We had a series of public outreach programs. Some people might remember the Growth Forums. The <laughs> Growth Forums um, sort of hatched the concept of our urban village plan for Bellingham, which, even today, yeah, uh, is really some of the foundation of our land use planning for the city. Um, so, Making those decisions moving forward, the city was was committed to um, providing the necessary uh, accommodations for the level of population and housing that would come with it. Um, things changed after two thousand and six, however, there were um, new leaderships. Um, there were certain advocacy groups, council council members changed, different mayor. And so some of those decisions re- were revisited uh, where there was sentiment that perhaps they should lower the population projections, specifically uh, in order to reduce the city's obligation for capital improvements and in infrastructure and services. Um, those were very specific decisions. Um, other decisions involved reducing Bellingham's 54% allocation and actually distributing a lot of the population to some of the smaller cities. And at the time, some of the smaller cities, like Blaine, Nooksack, Everson, Ferndale, Linden, Sumas, they they, um, understood that they would get more population. Um, But unfortunately, I believe that some of the infrastructure wasn't in place in the smaller cities, and so a lot of that growth really hasn't happened that um, otherwise, I think, if the original plan had been left in place and Bellingham was prepared and <clears throat> to accommodate more growth, um, it would have it, more housing. We'd have more housing right now in Bellingham.
1: What was the population reduced to, as far as planning?
4: Well, ultimately, well, in 2009, there was um, significant testimony and um, some advocacy groups that wanted to reduce the population instead of projecting 231,900 to the year 2022 they they argued we should we should shoot for 220,000 by the year 2020 now that didn't it come to pass even in the legislation they they reduced the population projection but not that significantly and i think uh, you know a big part of it was they they revised the allocations though where Bellingham was not relied upon to accommodate as much of the population and housing as initially they had planned so in turn the the city reduced or limited some of their capital facility planning
1: right and the uh, the, uh, the smaller cities were looking at well gee this is an opportunity for us for growth and you know maybe we can do this but then that stresses other infrastructure transportation kinds of things
4: sure um, that's right, there was very conscious decisions made through what was called the Growth Management Coordinating Council back in 2009 and 10. And the small cities said, yes, we will try to accept some more growth. But uh, some of that growth just hasn't happened it, um, because of the lack of infrastructure.
1: Right, and then so they're building or septic well, they're buying acreage, and in fact there are some interest groups that are saying there's there's too much rural development. It should be more so towards the urban areas, um, but if they can't find it, then they go elsewhere.
4: Exactly. So um, when people want to have a particular type of housing situation, if it's not available near their schools or their their work they'll sort of vote with their car if you will and, and and drive until they find it and that seems to occur over and over and over again.
1: Well, and you said the supply and demand and you know the 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 joke in real estate is you know drive a little save a lot. So if the if your urban center, the economic driver of the county is centered a lot, not all, obviously, in Bellingham and the there's less population allotted, therefore there's less supply, but there's still demand. It, it's like a balloon. It has to go somewhere. So you squeeze one end and it expands another. There ergo, you know, supply and demand, economics 101. If you have greater demand, you know, how do you equalize uh, unequal um, division of supply and demand, the equalizer is da price. Price. So there's not much, there's not much else you can do. We're going to pick up this conversation uh, as far as planning and housing and why, gosh darn it, is it so expensive um, after a break.
5: Ask the Experts with Western Solar. Hey, Callum. Wait, shh.
0: Can you hear that? I... Wait, shh, shh, shh. The sound you don't hear are my brand new Panasonic solar panels generating oodles of clean energy and savings on my electric bill. Okay, so you had Western Solar install solar panels on your roof, but why Panasonic. Well, apart from having the longest and most bankable warranty in the industry, Panasonic's been a leader in panel efficiency, cost, and aesthetics for decades. They're so confident in their product, they'll even pay all labor and material replacement costs for 25 years. Wow. So anyone that offers Panasonic's panels gets this deal? Oh, no. Only a handful of contractors in the Pacific Northwest have been able to meet Panasonic's standards to qualify for their triple guard warranty. Western Solar is the highest category of installer within Panasonic's program, which speaks to how they go above and beyond in everything they do. To learn more about the best products and warranties in the industry, come visit us on Home Road in Bellingham or online at westernsolarinc.com. Ask the experts with Western Solar. This is Jake at Vineyard Park of Linden Manor Assisted Living. While the world has changed, the needs of our seniors have not. At Vineyard Park of Linden Manor, we offer independent and assisted living, as well as memory care. It's your private apartment. You don't live at our work. We work in your home. We offer 24-hour nursing services, weekly housekeeping, anytime dining, on-site beauty salon, and activities to keep both mind and body young. Find value in community living. Visit our website at carepartnersliving.com and schedule your personal tour today.
2: KGMI Connects with Joe Tian is about our community
3: and you. Yeah, I happen to believe that the Bellingham, Whatcom County, uh, the Fraser River Delta, and that Nooksack Skagit is an enormous healing area. Each weekday at 4 p.m. I'm the old dog. When I walk on railroads, I'm the one who knows who just got here and who didn't. I see them, they're so angry from where they came from, and then through the years, they mellow out because there's a healing energy here.
2: On KGMI 790, 96.5 FM, and KGMI.com.
0: The opinions expressed on this program
1: are not necessarily those of KGMI or the Cascade Radio Group. Welcome back to The Whatcom Report. Mary Kay Robinson here is your host, and we're talking all things housing with Darcy Jones, president of Jones Engineers. And the the overarching discussion for this is why is housing so darn expensive? And, you know, the, the, the easy... Um, Kind of a knee-jerk response is, well, builders just need to build more affordable homes. And it doesn't quite work that way, sadly. Um, So, um, Darcy, what I want to do is talk about uh, the population growth. We talked in the last segment about how sometimes the population growth was, uh, through the planning process, was redistributed to some of the cities. How has that affected how the small cities dealt with that increase population assignments? Um, how does that affect affect the, the residential land use, the uh, employment lands? How does it affect the budgeting for those uh, municipalities? Is has it worked to do to change those numbers once they were established back in two thousand
4: six? Sure, um, yeah, it was around two thousand nine and ten that the the population was reallocated um, from the city taking city of Bellingham taking fifty four percent down to closer to forty two percent. And the difference was distributed to some of the smaller cities, and it has resulted in some significant burdens on on a lot of our smaller cities. The City of Linden, growing pains and um, city of Blaine, you know, Ferndale has, has really actively engaged to, to accept growth, no doubt. But some of the in some of the other cities have really struggled. For for example, the city of Blaine. You know it's been what twelve thirteen years now um and only just recently has particular infrastructure been put in place, like a sewer main why connection. is that so? why is that it's so just, it It takes a lot of time, and there's there's always obviously planning and engineering, but there's there's the the budget issues and and seeking out funding sources. And these these types of things take an incredible alo- amount of time. And so really it's it's recently that perhaps some housing will open up, for example, in Blaine, but it, it has taken that long. Um,
1: because the funding source for that infrastructure, correct me if I'm wrong, comes from c- city um, funds and also there's some state allocations, but you have to apply for that. You have to show how are you going to do this? You have to have a plan and you know, it, it just, the wheels of government move slowly.
4: Absolutely. And there's always existing conditions, existing deficiencies that, that take priority. No doubt. We have to take care of our cities um, and the, the, the residents that live there today. And so with new, new development, um, the, the, you know, the infrastructure and in, in the, capital facility planning has to rely on um, you know pri- a prior a prioritization of, of things and and going after those the grant monies and funding sources that are available and there there are a lot of programs federal state local um, and they but often the new development falls behind um, addressing existing, deficiencies in our infrastructure, for example, and and it's a matter of priority.
1: So now the Blaine, after 12, 13 years, is now just beginning to in put some of those that new housing in there, which even if they are, if the employment for folks who are perhaps looking to buy, if they can't find what they want in Bellingham at the price point they want, if they go to Blaine, then the access there's I five access, you know, to Bellingham, which is pretty easy. I mean, it's a nice, nice commute. It's not that, not that bad. It's nice views and all that good stuff. Now, Bellingham has the policies. What what Bellingham does doesn't happen in a vacuum. Obviously, it's going to affect the rest of the county and have an effect on the small cities and, and the rural populations too, where. Are we, as you just explained with Blaine, so where are we currently in respect to Bellium, to population, land for business, commercial interest, et cetera like where we where we see where we got to where we are today, so now, where are we currently, and what does that look look like going forward, and how are we dealing with that
4: sure, sure um I think a good place to start there. The, the county and the cities recently have worked uh, through a process and created uh, what's called the Buildable Lands Report, and this is a fairly new process for Whatcom County. And um,
1: Define what that report does.
4: Yeah, the Buildable Lands Report, the goal is to first look back on how we've been doing in achieving our housing and employment land goals. And we look back to the, the last comprehensive plan, which was adopted in 2016. 2016, the city and the county set up goals for housing, variety of housing, types of housing, how many housing, and to accommodate the population that w- they agreed to accommodate. And um, so we look back, it's sort of a report card, how have we been doing? And then the other part of the report, the Buildable Lands report, looks forward to the end of the planning period which for this cycle, it was the year 2016 through the year 2036. So the bill of land report (coughs) looks forward uh, to evaluate how much land is left in the city or the County. And can we continue to, um, meet our housing and employment land goals? Um, and if not, what measures do we need to take to increase the, um, the availability or, or increase the land supply or or, the efficiency of housing um, in providing housing and and make recommendations to be evaluated in the next upcoming comprehensive plan process, which is kicking off right now and is, is scheduled to be approved by June or July of 2025. It takes a couple years at least for a comprehensive plan process to develop. So the of Lands Report um, that was initially um, issued in July of 2022, um, you know, we took a look at it. It was sent out for public review, and, and we reviewed it. And quite honestly, um, you know, I found quite a bit of what I felt were deficiencies, especially in the City of Bellingham's section of it, where essentially the, the report implied that that we've been meeting all our housing goals and we have enough land to continue to do so. And I think anybody that's really paying attention to the housing in Bellingham doesn't agree with that. There's Conclu- lot,
1: well, there's a lot of apartments that are being yeah. built for sure. I mean, th-
4: that conclusion just didn't sit well with a lot of people, including some of the County council people. Mm-hmm. And um, I understand um there's a lot of ways of interpreting what the, what the goals were and, and how we can measure th- our success. But at the end of the day, it just didn't feel right. So to everybody's credit, including the city planning department, the county planning department, the county council, and um, some of private citizens, some, some involved public people, we, we all had a series of, of meetings and hearings with the county council planning committee. We had a series of meetings between ourselves and we worked out and revised that report, which w- just actually w- went back to the County Planning Committee, County Council Planning Committee this week and was moved forward for final um, review, final approval by the County Council on March 21st. And it's it's now... A report that we can all get behind and 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 agree and support and and it provides a lot of good recommendations especially for the city of bellingham how how um, we can to develop new programs to accommodate not just the number of houses going forward but a variety of houses to serve all the different aspects or the different um demographics within our our community and and new housing plans going forward are going to have to really raise the bar on providing housing for the community not just uh, for example in the last go around it was more just single family versus multifamily, but it's now going to be a much more in-depth evaluation on what the the housing needs are for the community
1: well number one i think that's terrific that there is a collaborative effort, both by private um, you know, private citizens, the government, all working together to try and create a plan that we can all support. And the Growth Management Act requires a variety of housings to serve all economic segments. And that means a whole variety of things, not just studios and one bedrooms in a multifamily complex. Because if you got two kids and a dog and Maybe grandma's with you. That, that that's just not going to work. And, and how do you how do you accommodate that? But yet you still the, the perhaps the employment is still in Bellingham. How do you how do you do that? So I think that's really critical. And kudos to our elected officials and the the planning staff to bring that together. And we're we're coming up on a break, but um, I want to talk about you know a little bit. Pick it up as far as what types of housing that we're looking at what types of program you mentioned programs i want to dig a little bit more into that but we have to take a break so we'll be right back
2: stay ahead of the storm get the kgmi accuweather forecast before you head out the door with the kgmi morning news each weekday from 6 to 9 a.m
0: Farmer's Equipment Company, serving the Pacific Northwest for over 86 years. You need a job. You need to be at the CRG Job Fair Thursday, March 16th
5: from 2 till 6 p.m. Presented by the Cascade Radio Group and HireMeWa.com. Multiple employers, multiple industries, on-site, ready to hire, including the United States Postal Service, LFS Marine, Lifeline Connections, Madomi Manufacturing, Whatcom County, and Cascade Radio Group. Solid pay, good benefits, many offering hiring bonuses one day only Thursday March 16th from 2 till 6 p.m. meet employers ready to hire all at one easy to find location The Four Points by Sheraton in Bellingham. From sales to service to skilled labor, you need a job? Come to the Job Fair Thursday, March 16th. Talk to employers. Apply on site with JTI Commercial Services, the City of Bellingham, Bellingham Police and Fire, Skagit Speedway, Unity Care Northwest, Aloha Laundry, the Silver Reef Casino Resort, Groundbreakers Northwest, and many more. Job Fair, happening Thursday, March 16th at Four Points Sheraton in Bellingham. Brought to you by
2: Cascade Radio Group and HireMeWa.com. KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM and KGMI.com. Every day, KGMI brings you the latest news and information, and we also give you a chance to express your opinion on a major news story of the day.
5: Go to KGMI.com anytime and take part in our daily news poll to see what others are thinking and add your voice.
2: We'll have an update during the KGMI afternoon news, and we'll give you a final tally and a new question each day during the KGMI morning news.
5: Be part of the conversation with the KGMI Daily News Poll, another informative and free feature from KGMI.
2: Why West Edge Credit
5: Union? Because they're all about the community. Of course I like that West Edge has low interest rates and loan
1: specials, but what I really love is that West Edge partners with local nonprofit and City of Bellingham organizations. Plus they put on events like Community Shred, and they talk to me like I'm a real person, not an account number. West Edge really cares.
2: Join West Edge Credit Union today. West Edge is federally insured by NCUA. West Edge Credit Union on the corner of James and Alabama in Bellingham.
1: Welcome back to the Whatcom Report. Mary Kay Robinson here is your host, and we're having a fascinating conversation about housing and housing costs and how do you do this so we can serve our community with Darcy Jones of uh, Jones Engineering. Um, Darcy, we, you mentioned something in the last segment about that we've got this, you know, collaborative event to to uh, agreement to bring housing to our community, you know, planners, you know, private citizens, everybody put their your talents and their expertise to work and we're we're coming up with something you said there are programs to address housing, so I want you to define what that means to what what is what kind of programs are going to create the housing that we need
4: Let's start with that sure. Um, so when I said programs, I probably should have used the word reasonable measures. We went in in uh, <clears throat> reviewing the buildable lands report um. It was determined there are issues, there are concerns, housing crisis type of concerns that would then be acknowledged, and then we address those with proposing reasonable measures. And um, the City of Bellingham, for example, over the last six years has implemented already a lot of reasonable measures, things like uh, providing for density Bonuses within the infill toolkit areas. Mm-hmm. They've they've revised the zoning laws in the RM zone to make sure it's m- more multifamily, not not built out as single s- family,
1: accessory dwelling units.
4: Correct. And then the ADU ordinance updates. There's been a lot of reasonable measures taken in the last six years, which we actually wanted to recognize and acknowledge in the buildable lands report. But beyond that, but obviously. I'll say some of those reasonable measures it takes time to take effect. Um, we still have a housing crisis. They haven't it hasn't been a, a panacea or a silver bullet solutions, but we'll continue and it's going to take a lot of a, a lot of things, a little bit of everything. So there are additional reasonable measures that are also um, considered in the, the bill of lands report again to be Included in the discussions during the comprehensive plan update, and and looking at um, for looking at our urban growth areas right now, for example, um, there were studies that the the annex the city's annexation phasing plan done in twenty eighteen found. Um, I'll paraphrase, but basically there's there isn't any more capacity left in the existing urban growth areas, in the city of Bellingham. Those are the areas that the city is planned to grow into, places like. Where Tweed Twenty is, the neighbor Northern Heights, those are in the UGA, but they're already b- all built out. We there's no capacity. I was to say there's there.
1: no there's nothing left really yeah. there.
4: Other UGA areas, um, urban, like north areas, yes. urban <laughs> growth areas, yes. <laughs> little a little acronym. Sure, like <laughs> in Geneva, obviously Geneva is built out. It's in the watershed. Um, you know, th- the North U Street, where we are today. There's right. some capacity left here, but a lot of it on the west side of the street. It's all in parkland, so there's not a lot there's not very much capacity left at all in the urban growth areas. So we look to our urban growth area reserves, and I think we'll be doing that and looking at capital facility planning for those areas. But we also look in, within the city, look at infill options. The state legislature is moving forward, House Bill 1110, for example, which would essentially allow, uh, I think it's up to four plexes within all single-family zones. Now I hope that that's left to the discretion of a particular city, um, where certain areas it might be appropriate. Sure, other neighborhoods maybe not. Mm-hmm. That's going to get into some equity discussions and fairness discussions throughout the neighborhoods. But those are the type of reasonable measures going forward. Even taking things even further, to to look at, at uh, creative ways of of. Um, in Increasing our housing supply
1: well and one of those I know one of those measures is if you're looking at Increasing have, having up to four units that perhaps it's close to transit sure. So that 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 there's an, an argument for saying well, then that promotes more uh, You can have the density you can maybe reduce, you know Dependence on the cars as far as getting to and from wherever you need to go that 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 there's an incentive to have that increased density near transit or within a half a mile or something, I think is is what's contained within the bill. So, I, I you're right. It, it's it's that 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 tension between who who controls that. Do the local communities control how they want their community to look, uh, or does the state say this is how you must look? And there's that that tension between the two. So then, when we talk about um the, the, as far as what builders face when building homes, you know? Like, where, where do they go? If I want to build a house, like, for instance, in Bellingham, I want to build a house. Where would I go? I want to build my own house. I want to do a custom construction home. Is there even anything available?
4: Okay, in Bellingham city limits? Yes. That's probably... For the most part, all that's available um, is there's some individual lots. Some, like in my neighborhood on, um, off just in the Samish neighborhood, they're typically pretty steep lots, and they're not going to yield affordable housing type of homes. These are going to be at this point million dollar homes. there's still l- some lots scattered around. Um, there are v- larger vacant. Parcels, even within the city today, but they they suffer from a lack of infrastructure. And Why
1: do they suffer from a lack of e- infrastructure if it's in within
4: the city? Well, going back perhaps to some of the decisions made um, back in the two thousand nine era, nine ten. Um, I know f- there are some some uh, plans for certain roads, water tanks, sewer mains that w- that were you know. We backed off on, on those a bit. There, there's also an interesting um, category of, of, of capital facility planning in, in the city of Bellingham, which is really what they call developer-dependent infrastructure. For example, there 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 is um, a lot of vacant land, for example, on, on the Samus Hill, but it's on the side of the hill, but it depends. But before that can get built, there has to be literally, you know, uh, extend Governor Road northerly, construct the San Juan um, Boulevard connector, a lot of offsite improvements that the city actually relies on the developer to do that work. And even though it's offsite to the particular project. And so it's a bit of a stalemate because the developer can't invest that much much money.
1: How much would it cost?
4: Well, according to the city's capital facility plan, Governor Road and San Juan Boulevard add up to a little over $30 million to, to complete those roads.
1: So the developer would have to front that? Essentially? Essentially,
4: yes. And, and so that system maybe has to change. But I, I also believe, you know, my perspective on it is, um, we as a community should prioritize our capital facility investments um, going forward to help new housing, Notice I think that's really important. Housing is infrastructure. However, I believe the new housing that we d- that we invest in as a community should reflect uh, the community's housing needs, and and include a variety of housing and a diversity f- um, that will be inclusive for most if not all our community um, that's hard to achieve in any one particular project but as a group as a whole i think the planning department can really see the the larger picture there and so i think there's a social contract there to right. some extent yes
1: well and don't you think that you know with you know maybe we mitigate somehow like accessory dwelling units maybe allow that to be sold separately maybe the maybe the density increased density which allows for townhomes the zoning changes allows for townhomes or cottage homes you increase the number of units you know cute little cottages on a 1 acre parcel that brings the ha- brings the cost down that gets more efficiency so that the builder can actually you know afford he can make a living and you know put shoes on his kids and you know pay the mortgage and and build the houses and you know every and pay his workers and i mean it's all it's all connected it's all connected and if we if we can i think i think you're right that if there's a way to be creative um that i I think the days of if we have some physical limitations as far as the lake mountains all that kind of thing that if we are a little bit more creative with how we do this we can't just we don't want to just go off into the hinter- hinterlands with single-family homes, you know, half-acre lots. That that's just way too expensive to bring fire, water, police you know, uh, protection. It, that's, that's, not, that's not tenable.
4: Sure. It, you know, I, I think we really need to look for public-private partnerships to, go to, to find funding for infrastructure that's going to serve the kind of housing our community needs. And um, a commitment to that, we're, we're going to have that opportunity in the upcoming comprehensive plan update to maybe revisit how some of these systems work and, and how, what our approach to this is. And, um, and yeah, it, uh, having, uh, getting a zoning designation is a gift to some extent if you get upzoned um and you have an obligation to provide the right kind of housing and but i think that the city can be a participant in in providing uh, the 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 foundation for for infrastructure for that
1: well i'm going to pick up on that and that public private partnership because i want to get to the solutions as well but we need to take a break we'll be right back 62 63
5: 64 Medicare so many of us get hung up on our age but what we fail to realize we've been paying for health insurance since we were old enough to work which means we may actually be getting a raise once we're on Medicare sound complicated? Let D&D Insurance help make the complicated task of enrolling for your health insurance a little less complicated. I'm Derek, and my wife Denise and I, along with our amazing staff of family and friends, keep things running here at D&D Insurance. We try to help anyone and everyone navigate this ever-changing world of health insurance. Whether you're retiring and trying to figure out Medicare supplements and Medicare Advantage plans, an employer looking for better benefits for your employees, or you're self-employed and needing a plan for yourself and family we're here to help give us a call at 392-8159 see you at dnd insurance where we try to make the complicated uncomplicated
6: hey at our startup my team and i move at the speed of tech 24 7 and every single day it's information overload it's coming at me from all directions and you know what bottom line i just need the news that matters so where do i turn local radio and tv i want to hear from people who live and work in my town They give me the real story with information I know I can rely on. So where else can I find out what's happening in my community? Weather and traffic, things that affect my family and my business. I want to stay informed by sources I trust. My local radio and TV stations. For the best entertainment, sports, news, traffic and weather with no agenda and more reliable than other platforms. So if you ask me for the information I want anytime, anywhere, I stay local. Support your local station. Text RADIO to 52886 today. Furnished by the NAB and this station. Message and data rates may apply. Reply STOP to opt out.
1: Welcome back to The walk we Report. We are diving into solutions now to the housing crunch that many of us feel, whether you're a renter or an owner or trying to buy a house So, Darcy, you mentioned that housing is infrastructure. This is what makes our community. But how do we fix it? How do we correct years of underbuilding? The recession certainly had an effect on that. How do we fix the strain? And you mentioned something about a public-private partnership, but what does that mean?
4: Sure. Um, I think one of the first steps we'll be taking going forward is we have uh, what's called the Housing Needs Assessment, which is a fairly new program t- in this the context of the Comprehensive Plan Update to really look at the specific demographics and what type of housing we need. And having established those things, we can then prioritize infrastructure projects to make sure we can get that type of housing built, new housing built. So like roads, roads, sewer lines. Water tanks. Got yep. it. Um, and so the public-private partnership element is really um, where the, the, the private developer, if you will, or, or landowner, um, works with the city to identify what the project's going to be and then identify what the needs for infrastructure are. And then the city can aggressively seek grant monies there, there's economic development impact monies available. there's federal state gas tax, t- sales tax type of funding sources uh, but uh, but prioritize housing when going after these types of infrastructure funds and and that is a true public-private partnership because the way it works is if if the granting agencies see there's already, some seed money, for example, in a project. The project's identified. It's a finite point A to point B road. They're more likely to, to, to prioritize that and provide funding.
1: Well, it's like shovel-ready almost. Almost shovel-ready. So why not you know, hop on the bandwagon and support that project if it's going to yield results? It certainly makes a lot of sense. And,
4: and positive results for the whole community.
1: Right, and and I think that's something that you know, if we want to maintain you know the vibrancy of our community, we want to have those that that variety of housing, like you said before. So that because everybody's seen lots of apartments being built, lots and lots and lots and lots, Um, but where's the in between? You know, like condos and those kinds of the missing middle. It's the yes, exactly. It's the (laughs) missing middle housing, and that's what we've always talked about. Because my first my first home was a condo. Um, because that's, it's easier. And then if the builder has the, the – if that is put together, then the builder can build and address the needs of the population. We can't just sit back and, and wait and, and fret. That's not going to do it. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to wrap up our conversation with Darcy after a break.
3: Heating emergencies happen. When your house is freezing, you need help and make it quick. Contact Clean Air Heating and Cooling. Their trucks are ready to go with everything needed to repair your Lennox furnace, heat pump, or fireplace. This winter, keep Clean Air Heating and Cooling on speed dial for all your heating emergencies. Call or text 398-9400 for 24-7 repair service. When heating emergencies happen, count on the professionals at Clean Air Heating and Cooling, a Lennox dealer. Online at callcleanair.com.
2: Sign up for the CHS Northwest Propane Autofill Program and receive a cellular tank monitor with no monitoring fees. Plus, you'll be able to review your daily tank level readings from your smartphone or tablet. CHS Northwest, everything you need for home and farm. Online at chsnw.com.
4: Mama, what does the chicken say? Uh, dog. Cat. Giraffe. Giraffe,
3: really?
1: Giraffe.
3: Uh, giraffe. You're not gonna get it all right. Just make sure you nail the big stuff, like making sure your kids are buckled correctly in the right seat for their age and size. Get it right.
5: Visit nhtsa.gov/slash/the/right/seat.
3: Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council.
5: Was winter a little rough on your patio furniture this year? Then it's time for a visit to Wilson's Furniture, where you'll find the biggest selection of patio furniture north of Seattle. Summer's on its way, and you don't want to miss a minute of it. Stop by Wilson's Furniture today.
2: Staying connected with your community each Saturday at noon with KGMI's Community Connection as local business leaders share their expert advice. Sponsored by Vibrant USA, Pacific Security, Lighthouse Mission Ministries, Feller Heating and Air Conditioning, and Columbia Fire. Community Connection, Saturdays at noon on KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM in Bellingham and KGMI.com.
1: Welcome back to The Whatcom Report. Mary Kay Robinson here is your host, and we're finishing up our conversation about housing and the cost of housing and what can we do as a community with Darcy Jones of Jones Engineers. Darcy, uh, we... Gosh, we talked about a lot this morning, and I know, I know that there are listeners that would like to know more so they really understand the issues, or maybe they have questions, of course. Where can listeners go for more information about planning, housing costs? How do we look to the future as a community? What, what can they do?
4: Well, um, at this point in time, the city and the county is are, are just entering into the comprehensive plan update process and this is a, a really good time to start getting involved um in the various discussions there's there's a series of public hearings that will be on going on for a couple years it's um, going to start with discussions about population projections uh, housing needs assessments land capacity studies each of these elements of our comprehensive plan go through a process, and it's a public process. There's a public hearing, public input. So I would encourage people to follow these and, and become involved. Uh, we have a website. We It's called housingforbellingham.com. We have a presence on uh, LinkedIn and Instagram, and we... T- we really try to keep uh, people up to date on, on what's coming up, both at the City of Bellingham and Whatcom County. But I would also mention the Whatcom Housing Alliance has a great website. where They have a lot of good information on the issues that are coming up, and obviously the city and county's websites. Um, you can get on the emailing list for the comprehensive plan update at the city or county websites and stay informed of what the issues are that are coming up and how you can be involved and we encourage people to get themselves educated and get involved. Our website, housingforbellingham.com, our main goal is to try to just provide information and and background information about some of these issues so people can make an informed decision, make your own decision about things and, and let your voice be heard.
1: You know, and I think that's a good point, that it's not, it's a complex issue. There's so many different variables. There's not, like you said, there's not a silver bullet there's no one answer. It's a multi-layered approach because there are multiple layers of decisions that have been made in the past. So um, it 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 would behoove us as a community to to educate ourselves and be informed and and participate in the in the public hearing process, like you said. So. Thank you. Thank you, Darcy, for joining me today. This thank- is great.
4: Thank you, Mary Kay.
1: And thank you, listeners, of course, for tuning in this morning. Housing is a fundamental need for everyone, and there's no easy way to fix it. We can, however, work together from a private public standpoint, so that we have diversity in our housing, which leads to diverse, vibrant, and thriving neighborhoods, and that makes our community stronger and safer for everyone. It's important that we educate ourselves and understand the issues. And remember, listeners, that if you want to listen to this again, this broadcast is available as a podcast by going to the KGMI website, the Wacom Report, and click on the podcast link. Have a fantastic Sunday, everyone.